You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Uh, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw us where you want to go. You know, that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Welcome back. Kicking off hour number two with Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald here on Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Robbie Lula, Avery Howard here with me. Sam joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Sam, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, Thank, thank you, sir. Yeah, we won't get to talk to you before either of the uh, upcoming holidays, so appreciate that uh, as well. Uh, Sam, let's hop right into volleyball. I know a lot of us were expecting to feel quite differently this morning than the way things played out. Um, a- as you look back on the season, on the match against Texas and how that played out, what's going to stick out to you the most about this specific Nebraska volleyball team? Oh, great story. You know, just, just a super, super story all season long. Uh, a team that I feel like really embraced uh, the, the expansiveness of, of their team and the sport and all those things. It's a great combination of, of youth and uh, excitement and talent. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, everybody, this, this is going to be a special year uh, irrespective of the of, of the conclusion. Uh, that would have been true. They'd lost in the final four instead of the final match. So all that all that's still on the table, very memorable, certainly not the end they wanted. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, this is the year – that college volleyball uh, took a step uh, as a sport, and Nebraska played a role in that, a huge role in that. And uh, sometimes that's bigger than a championship, and that's not to downplay what happened yesterday. Obviously, they're disappointed, and they'll have to chew on that all offseason. But this was a this was a leap year for the sport, and Nebraska helped helped them provide the leap. Yeah, for sure. You had a lot of your team down there in Tampa, and uh, I know we did too, but it seems like, with no surprises, the overwhelming support of Husker Nation showed up. And just, Did you hear any stories from your team or just really what it was like in first, first person to just see the support, uh, especially when the team entered, and just what that was like for this team? I like that the NCAA has a blue carpet uh, for uh, the team kind of coming in. I think that's a great idea. I, I would like to see it you know, uh, used in basketball too. Um, and so there's a lot of red around that blue carpet. So I think that's maybe the coolest thing that you had, uh, you know, just, you had an opportunity for the fans and the, and the athletes to interact in that way. Um, and I think that was probably really special. Yeah. Uh, and you know, John Cook does actually not still out compliments easily. <laughs> and so if he says, if, if he says Tampa did a really good job, mm. then they did a really good job. And, um, you know, I think, I think uh, he means that, and, and, and it's probably a template for how you do things going forward on some of the other sites. Uh, as, you know, especially when it, it, isn't, it isn't located in, in you know, uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Texas, one of, those, one of those states. You know, when you don't have it in those states, you have to do something a little extra. Yeah. And I feel like they, they did a great job. Yeah. 
Uh, we're talking with Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, you mentioned how you thought this was the year where volleyball took a step forward nationally. Um, first, I, I guess just what gives you that indication and how much you mentioned Nebraska playing a role in that. What role did Nebraska play in that? The, the world record attendance match played a role in that. Everybody's kind of seen the photos from that now, and I think they realize what's possible um, and, and how that looked and how that felt, the TV ratings. So the NCAA is taking multiple sports back out to contract, and they're, they're exploring decoupling uh, some of the packages. So, you know, like ESPN, ABC, ESPN mostly, um, purchased the volleyball championships as part of a bundle. Mm-hmm. And the only things that were separate from the bundle, I think, are the CWS, um, college football is its own thing, CWS, basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball, CWS, I think are the only ones that are sort of separate. And then there might be some smaller ones that I'm not aware of, skiing and crap like that that shows up on NBC or whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying it's crap, but you know right. what I mean. But most of them are bundled into a contract with ESPN and ABC. And so ESPN has sandbagged uh, the sport of volleyball for some time. I mean, they're putting you know third, you know, third-rate bowl games on. Um, no offense to the FCS playoffs, but the FCS playoffs, which are not nearly as popular as volleyball matches, um, you know, uh, the NBA or whatever. So when the NCAA decoupled it, though, see that that forces ESPN ABC to care more, mm-hmm. and Fox wants it too. And so Fox Fox has an ability to to vote, you know, to buy for very specifically the volleyball thing. They don't necessarily have to buy for the whole thing. Like Fox doesn't have to put on. You know, the track championships and all these other things, wrestling, whatever. Fox can zero in on volleyball. And so you're going to see the sport of volleyball get a huge boost on TV um, because the NCAA decided, yeah, we, we want to value this sport in a way that maybe is different than we have in the past. And you're going to see, you're going to see it really grow. Um, you know, right now, volleyball is behind women's basketball. And it's behind softball. And <laughs> at least for the national title, it's behind gymnastics. Now, we'll see what happens when the ratings come out here in a couple of days. We'll find out how the ratings did. The, the sweep doesn't necessarily help. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so we'll see what happens. But but I would say volleyball will jump ahead of women's gymnastics and then be right maybe behind softball. And then with the new contract, if it goes to Fox or wherever, it's going to grow even more. Uh, and with that, will come challenges. It's, well, you know, welcome to the world of television. And they'll they'll find that out real quick. I mean, uh, Cook has had everything the way he wants it pretty much with his schedule for a long, long time. Uh, But now all of a sudden Fox is going to do a Wisconsin, Texas, Stanford, Uh some other team, you know, quadrangular, whatever you want to call that. And Nebraska's not a part of that yet. And and so it's going to change. And and it, it won't always be to Nebraska's liking what changes but that's the nature of the sport the bigger it gets the more you got to compromise and nebraska will nebraska will benefit in terms of visibility the other thing i will say is the bigger the sport gets the more parity exists and so some of the advantages that nebraska has will 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 disappear not disappear but they they will get smaller uh, this happened in football too and it will happen in volleyball and people will have to you know have to get used to that uh, it's going to get harder to win every single match 
for Nebraska volleyball. That's a good thing for the sport, but it'll be an ongoing challenge for Nebraska. And I'm not saying that specific to Nebraska. I'm saying that's the nature of sports when they get bigger. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I wanted to kind of get back to that a little bit on just um, how Robbie said, you know, this was, or you said this was a big this was a big step for volleyball this year, and Nebraska was at the forefront of that. And it felt like this past weekend, down at the Final Four, whether you were a Husker fan down there or a neutral fan, it felt like everyone was cheering for Nebraska. And it just felt like most of this nation, from what it seemed like from coverage and social media and just, you know, people we were following, that they've, they've fallen in love with this Nebraska team. And we talked about just it's it's this young team and their mentality that makes you want to be a competitor again. They they put a fire in you as a as a observer. Just as you've covered this team, your team's covered this team. Just like have you been around a team like this at such a young age that plays with such a fire and just a mentality such as this team? Not not exactly. No, um, you know I think it's unique in that way, and I think I think Cook has called it unique. Yeah, I, I think it's unique for him too, um, because I think they've had some. I think they've had some teams that are better than this. Yeah, uh, that have more talent. Um, they had a team with Sarah Pavin and Jordan Larson. I I think a lot of those teams though felt the pressure more, uh, mm. and and Titans were a little tighter. Yeah, uh, than this one is. Now that said, they faced an adverse moment in the NCAA title match, and they didn't respond the way that you. They, well, they responded the way I, you might expect, actually, from a team that, that hadn't lost much and was very young. But that's not how they hoped to have responded. Hmm. So, you know, for the first time all year, their youth showed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it cost them. Lindsey Krause being hurt didn't help. Uh, we won't, you know, she was unhealthy. So we won't know how it would have turned out mm-hmm. if she had been. Uh, probably a little different uh, because I think Lindsey's, uh, you know, a, a good player. Would, would have helped the team this year. Uh, so, you know, uh, so there's that. I think people like, um, they just have a unique combination of, of personalities on that team uh, that, that really coalesced this year. Uh, it, you know, I mean, you've got a couple that are, you know, you've got uh, Lady Showboys really fiery. So is Harper Murray. Mm-hmm. Anybody watch the post-game, post-match press? Yeah. I was more struck by her than I was Becca because, you know, I think Harper was really upset and angry. You yeah, know, like, yeah, angry. In a competitive way, not yep. a devastated way, but in a, like, mm-hmm. you know, pissed off. Yeah. And, and um, you know, so she, she's obviously, you know, the star of that. Bergen Riley's very polished for a freshman, very composed. Uh, and then you have all the other pieces. So, yeah, I think people came to really enjoy that team, uh, like all the components of it. Then you turn on the match, and ABC has spent a lot of time on Texas, specifically, you know, Asia O'Neill, and rightly so. She's yeah. been on the court in a lot of ways. And, you know, she's got a famous dad. And so, you know, it's, once you turn on the match, I think everybody's like, oh, Texas apparently is better than here. <laughs> and they, they played like it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Nebraska's going to have to – one thing I will say, and I've covered sports long enough to be able to be confident in things, no one year is the same. Mm-hmm. And so all of the things that were true about their chemistry in 2023 will have to be rebuilt in a slightly different way uh, in 2024. Um, It's part of why, and I wrote this a couple times, I said this is the year. This is the year to win. Um, This is the team. This is the year. This is the, they got the thing together. You just can't guarantee what happens from here. Sometimes people get hurt. 
Some people leave. Some people get tired of each other. You can't guarantee chemistry year after year like they just had it. So it's a missed opportunity in that way. Um, they've got to get better. I think they will. Uh, but I think at the same time, you know, they're going to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, we had this magical season where everybody got along. How do we bottle that up? Yeah. And how do we how do we keep that going? And that's going to take some work on Cook's part because this, you know, they the spell so to speak was broken on Sunday, and now they got to they got to they got to restart the spell, and that's that's not going to be easy um, when you don't have when 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 everybody's not new to this. They're going to be going through it again, and it'll feel like more of a grind. And we'll see how they how they figure it out. We're talking with Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald. Uh, Sam, let's change gears here a little bit and um, move on to some other Husker topics. How much time have you spent trying to decipher cryptic tweets this weekend? <laughs> Not much. I mean, you know, they, it'll all happen by signing day. And, yeah. And we'll just have to see what happens. So, you know, I mean, Dylan made the rounds. He was at the women's basketball game briefly for a while, I guess, yesterday. And, wrestling match last night you know eventually and here's what's interesting i think this is you know kind of like i don't know how you would explain it kind of like marriage i suppose <laughs> you know here's what's going to happen he's going to sign with if he signs with nebraska he'll be a nebraska quarterback wednesday december 20th and then all of a sudden it has nothing to do with pursuit or potential mm-hmm. it has everything to do with development and and yes, five stars need that too, and uh, a lot of them transfer. So everything that Nebraska has, you know, led up to this point, they then have to pour a ton of energy into crafting a vision and a development plan around this kid to make him better. And also, because he hasn't been around the recruiting class a ton, to you know, to uh, to mesh him with with everybody else. And I think he'll do a good job at that. I think, I think he will, he will, he will, he's, he's a, what do you call it? Seasoned veteran at fitting into new places. <laughs> he's been at three different high schools. Uh, so, but, but it's a whole different task. And, and everybody will talk about it on Wednesday about how great it is. And, and that's fine. But I mean it when I say it, it, it's a task of a different kind and it's daunting in its own way to have somebody so talented because it's almost like, well, now i got to do something with this. <laughs> like, I can't just sit here and lean on, eh, yeah, I mean, he's learning. Uh, people don't expect the five-star to learn. They expect him to be good off the jump. And don't count on a transfer quarterback either. I just, I just, I would not count that out. I, and, you know, I, I think that's still a, a remote possibility of pairing him with somebody who's a lot older, a lot more seasoned, so that he doesn't have to walk out there against UTEP and make it happen from the first snap. Like, I just, I think there's a real benefit to giving him some time. And, and so we'll, we'll see how they, we'll see how they tackle it. And we should also not pretend that Matt Rule's done this a lot before. Mm-hmm. He's a great coach and all the rest. He's not, he hasn't had a lot of five-star guys. That's not been his thing. He's done, you know, the three-star ham and egg guy that, <laughs> you know, as a game manager and all the rest. So this is not that. And so it's going to be new for him, too. And it doesn't mean he won't handle it really well, but it's new. And, and so we'll see what happens. I know I'm striking a cautious tone, but 
I think it's important to because we went through this with Adrian Martinez and, you know, it didn't turn out the way that everybody hoped it would. And so I hope somebody's talking to Adrian about how, how to make this thing work a little bit better based on his experience. Uh, Sam, you mentioned that that Coach Rule hasn't really done this before, um, but if I remember correctly, isn't that kind of one of the reasons he said he took this job is the access to talent that he didn't feel like he ever had at Temple or Baylor? Like it, I, I think this is I think that's something he said in one of his first press conferences in Nebraska, yes. wasn't it? It is comes with challenges. Yep. Yes. Yes, for sure. Absolutely, comes with challenges. Um, Everything today, and these guys make a lot of money, I know, <laughs> but everything is hard. Yeah. It is hard. It's a harder job than it used to be, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just, it's just hard. It's hard to be this. It's hard to, it's hard to be managing a football program, even the most talented one. I mean, you don't think Kirby Smart stayed up, I don't know, however many nights in a row, you know, just, just thick over losing that game to Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. John Cook is going to stay up, thinking, "What? What did we do wrong? What? Why? Why did everything we did, we get to this moment, and they're hitting some pretty good serves, and we fall apart? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what this is. And and so you know, and nobody. I'll say this for rule. I want to say this the right way. He works harder than he works harder than the last three head coaches. Mm-hmm. There's no question about. And I I feel like I'm in a position to say that because I've watched. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I've observed and I've heard. Rule works really hard, and so nobody's questioning the effort. The effort is there. The savvy is there. The structure and the system and the systemic thinking is there. All those pieces are in place. That if they get Dylan, that's great, and you know that 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 bodes incredibly well for you know, future seasons. Um, so long as you manage it right now, and he'll have a plan. I mean, there's no question he'll have a plan. Um, We'll see how, you know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. He he's never had to get a quarterback out of the transfer portal either. Not like not like he did Jeff Sims, and that didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm sure he learned a lesson there. But you know, nobody works harder than Rule. He, he works real hard, and and so it's it, it, you know it's it's going to be a bunch of different things all at once that they're trying to figure out. Uh, again, they got to find a way to get better at that position. They certainly have a talented player. Um, I could talk for half hour about what Dylan does really well. I've watched <laughs> a lot of him. So, a uh, really talented player, and, and if they get him, uh, they're getting a really, really talented player. Well, uh, Sam, we will save that half hour for after he actually signs on the dotted line, <laughs> but I, I am going to – I will hit you up for that uh, without a doubt. What I did want to do before we let go of you here is uh, I did want to talk about Nebraska basketball. Uh, had a big road win against Kansas State yesterday. Uh, really impressive defensively in the second half against the Wildcats. As you continue to watch this team, obviously they've had some bumps in the road, but as you continue to watch this team, what are some of the things that you like that you think are transferable towards the rest of the season? Oh, they're tough. You know, they, they, they stay tough. Uh, I think they, they want to play hard. You know, Juwan Gary is transferable. I think he's he's the guy that sets the tone and the pace for this program. And um, Rick Mass has played really well the last two games. You know, I think they've got some guys on this team, including Josiah Alec, who, who really understand the value of rebounding and what it can do for a team. Um, and, and so I think that hasn't always been a strength inside Nebraska basketball. It mm-hmm. used to be when Danny Nee was the head coach, but it hasn't always been a strength. 
and I think I think that Fred Hoiberg has emphasized it in a way. He's got some guys down there who are good at it. So you know, the rebounding has been has been nice. And when they've had to hit, you know, they've had a couple games there where they needed to hit threes, and they did. And you know, they had a little stretch against Michigan State where it was a, it was a big deal. And then on Sat on yesterday, they hit seven in the first half. Or otherwise, they go into halftime down by 10 or 12, and it's, it's hard to make the comeback. But mm-hmm. they were close enough going into that second half that they were able to dominate it. Um, and making some threes in the first half uh, made that possible. Yeah, Coach Hoberg wanted to bring in, you know, an older group, but also a physical group. That was his biggest emphasis. And I think we've seen it prove uh, so far earlier in the season just how much it's kind of changed the makeup of this team. But how much has you have you seen that physical aspect of this team just kind of help them grind out some more of those wins that maybe they weren't seeing in years past? Yeah, I think it's definitely there, Avery. Um, you know, Gary, again, really helps you with that so long as he stays healthy and, and, and good to go. I think he's a key piece there. And uh, Rink Mass is adjusted. I think uh, the Missouri Valley is a physical league. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the most skilled league of all time. It's, so it's physical. So I think Matt was able to adjust there. Um, and I think he's had a really good last two games. Alec is there. So some of it's the people that you recruit. And then I think some of it is just, you know, an alteration in the staff. You know, the staff that they had when Weber got there versus the staff that they have now, I think is a little bit different and, and, uh, you know, so I think those things have really helped. And then, you know, Nebraska's going to play a very specific style of defense. Everybody knows what it is. And if other teams don't hit threes, Nebraska's going to be hard to beat. Mm-hmm. They just are. Now, if the other team does, and Creighton did, mm-hmm. yeah. then Nebraska's probably not going to change that much. They have, they have a zone that kind of traps a little bit, but... You know, it, it, Nebraska is gonna is gonna make a choice on defense. Then they're gonna get defensive rebounds. That's what they want to do. Uh, and if teams don't hit threes, and Kansas State didn't hit them, those teams are in trouble. So, you know, Indiana rolls in here. I know they play. I don't know who they play. North Dakota and South Carolina State here in the next two mm-hmm. weeks, and those will be walkover games. But you know, what Indiana rolls in here January third. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to find out. That's a big game. Yeah, um, Indiana's good enough team to, yeah. to beat Nebraska by 15. So we'll find out what happens. Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, happy holidays as we'll be off the next couple of Mondays, and uh, we'll talk to you again when we get back. Take care. That's Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, good stuff there with Sam as always, covering a bunch of different topics. Joining us on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Reminder. Warhorse Sportsbook, the best place in Nebraska to place your sports bets. You can go to the casino in Lincoln, or you can place those bets in Omaha at Horseman's Park. That's 6303 Q Street. Uh, At Warhorse Sportsbook, you can place bets on nearly every major sporting event, pro and college football, basketball, baseball, golf, MMA, soccer, whatever else you can think of. Warhorse has you covered. Straight bets, parlays, props, live in-game bets, all accepted there. Visit warhorsecasino.com slash sportsbook or get the Warhorse Casino app for details and a full list of house rules. Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. Coming up next, we're going to play a little uh, Would You Rather with me and Avery here and uh, see what we can find out both on a sports and a random level as well. We're about halfway through the show here on Herd Sports Radio.